Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. A gun found at a local high school. Where police found it and what else they took. A local father charged with murdering his own baby. For him to be taken so soon is so wrong. Only on WRAL, hear from the infant's mother about where she says the assault happened. Then, new pushback against the city's plans for the Raleigh Christmas Parade. The emotional plea from a woman asking them to allow vehicles and floats despite last year's deadly tragedy. I am your state fair visit after my forecast. I'll show you the warmest and wettest hours this week. A Harnett County father accused of killing his own child inside a Raleigh hospital not long after the three-week-old was born prematurely. We have a picture of baby Gunner here. We talked to Gunner's mother. He, uh, she says that the child's injuries indicate that baby Gunner was shaken by his father. Very difficult story to tell you tonight, but we appreciate you being with us. I'm Dan Haggerty. And I'm Ashley Robe. The father, 22-year-old Noah Bliss, appeared in front of a judge for the first time today. He's charged with first-degree murder and intentional child abuse inflicting serious bodily injury. He's in jail without bond. WRAL's Chelsea Donovan spoke to the baby's mother and shares her story in an interview you will see only on WRAL. Today I spoke at length with Savannah Bliss on the phone. She's the mother of Gunner and his twin sister Madeline. She says both babies were in such good health that recently Gunner was transferred out of the NICU and staying in another part of Wake Med with his father Noah. And that's when tragedy struck. Just one month ago, it was the happiest of times. Savannah and Noah Bliss welcomed two new bundles of joy. Twins, Gunner Thomas and Madeline Ray, both born at 34 weeks at Wake Med. They were joining a big sister, Peyton, for a family of five. About two weeks ago, little Gunner was able to leave the NICU. His twin, Madeline, staying upstairs with mom. He was the sweetest little boy with the most beautiful blue eyes. On October 6, 10 days ago, tragedy struck inside Wake Med. Savannah Bliss talking only to WREL says Noah, her husband, was watching Gunner and their older child at the inn on Wake Med property when she says Noah assaulted Gunner. I trusted him. That was his daddy. According to Savannah, nurses told her Gunner's injuries indicated he was shaken by his father. Medical staff told her that Gunner had no external injuries or broken bones, but that he suffered a brain bleed and swelling and he was deprived of oxygen due to a head trauma. Noah Bliss was then charged by Wake Med Police with intentional child abuse. Last night, baby Gunner was taken off life support, and his father, seen here with him, was charged in his murder. I just want justice for my son. He was innocent. Noah Bliss remains in jail under no bond. Madeline, who is Gunner's twin sister, is now at home with mom. Chelsea Donovan, WRL News, Raleigh. 
Some breaking news to tell you about. A local student is charged now with bringing a loaded gun to school. This happened at Grays Creek High School. There's the gun. This is in Hope Mills. Officials say they received a tip and a school resource officer then found a loaded 9mm in the student's backpack in their locker. Officials also searched the student's car, found an extended magazine with rounds inside and marijuana. The student is in custody right now of the Department of Juvenile Justice. We will have more on this story during our late news at 10 o'clock on Fox 50 and 11 on WRAL. A house fire investigation new tonight here at 7 o'clock in the live center. I'm Mark Boyle. Some brand new video and this is from the Headingham neighborhood. Raleigh Fire Department out there this evening making sure the fire didn't spread to any other homes. This happened on Somerset Hills Court. Investigators saying it started in the kitchen. A father and son displaced. We're being told the Red Cross is helping out. Nobody hurt this fire still under investigation. But again, the good news, nobody hurt there tonight. Back to you. That is good news. Thank you, Mark. Durham police and fire had a busy day responding to three separate gas leaks. Around 9 this morning, two blocks of North Roxborough Road had to be evacuated for a gas leak. Then at 1045, there was a possible gas leak inside Club Boulevard Elementary School. Students and staff had to be evacuated. School was dismissed early. Less than an hour later, firefighters evacuated the Station 9 apartments on Hillsborough Road for a third leak. When we got here, we could hear and smell the gas. Uh, we evacuated. We ended up pulling the fire alarm to help evacuate the building. Uh, we, we estimate about 40 to 50 residents were evacuated. Both the Roxborough Street and Hillsborough Road leaks were caused by nearby construction. Dominion Energy looked into the equipment inside the elementary school and found no leaks. Today, for the first time, we heard from the man accused of this. You saw the driver going the wrong way through the Durham parade that you see here over the weekend. 23-year-old Jerry Brooks was the driver of the black Mustang, charged with reckless driving, assault with a deadly weapon, and some other crimes. Arrest warrants say he drove through a crowded street at a high rate of speed Saturday afternoon. This was during a hillside homecoming parade, nearly hitting the people in the road there. He told WREL, quote, I was just trying to make it home. Brooks said it's an open case right now and didn't want to say any more. Several groups that have taken part in the Raleigh Christmas Parade are asking City Council to allow vehicles and floats so that they can join in this year's event. Right now, the city will only allow a walking parade after 11-year-old dancer Haley Brooks was hit and killed by a truck pulling a float last year. This afternoon, City Council heard from members of a car club and a gospel choir that sings from a float in the parade. They also heard an emotional plea from a grandmother of a child who cannot walk. But she loves the parade. And for other children or adults with disabilities, they won't be able to walk that parade. They won't be able to enjoy it. And it just means a lot for the disabled to also enjoy the parade and be a part of it. Council members did not respond to today's comments. The city says it cannot allow motorized vehicles and floats due to a pending lawsuit and legislation in the General Assembly. The Shine Like Haley parade safety bill passed the House but has stalled in the Senate committee since April. A freshman at UNC Chapel Hill overdosed on fentanyl on the Duke University campus earlier this year. 19-year-old Grace Burton wasn't the only UNC student who lost their life to a drug overdose that weekend. As WRL investigative reporter Sarah Kruger reports, federal agents say the same person supplied the drugs. 
Court documents reveal details of the early morning hours of March 9th outside the Kilgo Residence Hall on Duke's campus. Federal court filings say UNC freshman and Charlotte native Grace Burton called Kai Frazier, known as the barber, to buy cocaine after a party. And that video shows a vehicle Frazier was known to drive pulling up outside the Duke dorm around 4.30 that morning, where Burton was hanging out with Duke's student Patrick Rowland. About an hour later, federal investigators say Rowland called Frazier back, saying that Burton was wobbly on her feet and unsteady. Video from inside the dorm shows Frazier carrying Burton up the stairway to a room where paramedics responded just before 6.30 that morning. Two days later, Grace Burton died in the hospital, surrounded by family and friends, according to her obituary. No one has been charged directly in her death, but both Frazier and Roland face federal charges for drug distribution. Charlotte Crayman is the Duke student journalist who investigated and broke the story in the digital magazine The Assembly. Yeah, so fraternities and sororities on college campuses, especially UNC and Duke, it is very commonplace and people are just surrounded by cocaine use and obviously alcohol use. Um, all, all the times. Federal court filings show that Frazier is connected to another person's death from fentanyl just one day after Burton overdosed. Crayman was able to identify that person as Joshua Zinner, a former UNC Wilmington student living in Raleigh. Crayman, a senior at Duke who interned at the LA Times this summer, thinks it's important for this information to come to light. So Duke said that um, they didn't say anything because it was a UNC student. And so it was UNC's prerogative to say something. And then UNC said that they didn't say anything because the family wanted to keep it private. It's so important for people to know these things, especially when it is happening so, so close to us. Our Sarah Kruger reporting there. And according to a presentation made to the UNC Board of Trustees, Burton is one of four UNC students or alums who have recently died from fentanyl poisoning over the past 20 months. This is a story we will, of course, continue to follow. Look for updates on WRL.com. North Carolina has its first cases of MPOC since April. State health officials say two cases have been reported in two different counties in the last six weeks. Officials say the MPOX virus also appeared in monitored wastewater in a third county. The state epidemiologist encourages anyone at high risk of contracting the virus to get vaccinated. Let's take our favorite shot of the 7 o'clock hour here. Beaufort just always looks amazing uh, during this time of year. Uh, I mean, fall is just a beautiful time, especially around this hour because we get these beautiful sunsets. The temps dropping, though. It is yeah. chilly out there, already dipping into the 50s in parts of our area, Mike. Yes, and out of the state for this evening, it'll be in the 50s by the time we get to 9, 10, 11 o'clock. So heading to the fair, things look pretty good, just a lot of clouds. Lows tonight will be in the upper 40s. 40s to the north, upper 40s to the south, 45 at Sanford, 48 Fayetteville, 48 at Smithfield. And as we go through the next few days, I think the nicest weather out of the State Fair will be over the next couple of days. It's been in the 60s lately. We've had a lot of cloud cover in the afternoon. If you like your afternoons warmer with more sunshine, you'll have that tomorrow, 72, 73 on Thursday. Friday, we've got the next cold front coming in. That's our next opportunity for rain. The high temperature at 70. Coming up in less than 15 minutes, we're going to track the rain potential with Futurecast to show you which the wettest hours will be, Dan. It's Coming up. Got it. We'll see you then. Thanks, Mike. Still ahead, controversy over a Greenway Trail in our area. The next steps are at the center of a meeting underway right now. 
why some are concerned over environmental issues. Plus, investigators are calling on the community's help to crack a cold case. The victim's mother heard the fatal shots. Why detectives believe someone out there might have the answers. Investigators in Cumberland County need help solving a two-year-old homicide case. Kenneth Miles Jr. was 25 years old when he was gunned down outside of his mobile home off of Shaw Road. His mother was inside at the time and heard those fatal shots. She says her son was killed during an argument that didn't involve him. While she doesn't know the gunman's name, investigators do believe that others who were there that night do. You know, we just need that one additional piece of information that may would help solve a case. Several people have seen it or one, even if it's one or two people that solve something, if they would just provide that, it would give a break in the case and be able to get it solved and, you know, bring closure to someone's family. If you wish to remain anonymous as well, you're encouraged to call Crime Stoppers. The sheriff's office says a tip that leads to an arrest could pay up to $1,000. North Carolina prosecutors secured their first conviction for death by impaired boating. Matthew Furster of Brunswick County pleaded guilty for his role in a deadly 2020 boat crash that killed three people. He'll spend between nine and 18 years in prison. The new charge comes seven years after lawmakers passed Cheyenne's law. It's named for 17-year-old Cheyenne Marshall, who was hit and killed by an impaired boater while kneeboarding on Lake Norman back in 2015. That boater was charged with a misdemeanor. Marshall's parents pushed for a tougher penalty and eventually Cheyenne's law was passed. Officers hope the law acts as a deterrent, preventing future incidents. Wake Forest's new crime-fighting tool is working pretty well. Late last month, the town installed 25 license plate reading cameras, also known as flock cameras. Within two weeks of the new program, six stolen vehicles have been recovered. They also help locate a missing person, recover a gun, and serve an outstanding warrant. Raleigh has the cameras, too. They've led to hundreds of hits and dozens of arrests. So right now, the Carborough Town Council is sharing the results of a public survey they did about some trail options there and what residents of that town want to see in the next phase of the Greenway. We're taking a live look. This is inside the meeting as we speak. It just started around 7 o'clock at the beginning of this newscast. WRL Shelley Jackson takes a closer look at that survey and what this means going forward. The expansion of the Bowling Creek Greenway has been a hot topic among outdoor enthusiasts in Carborough all summer. I would say I kind of like to think, leave things as they are. For the good of the community, I have to say I think that it should definitely um, be a paved greenway. And now a survey shows an overwhelming number of respondents, 65%, want that trail to run along Bowling Creek. It's called the Creekside Alignment. The Creekside path would go along this sewer easement, a paved path about 10 feet wide, just feet away from Bowling Creek. Allison West lives near Bowling Creek. She favors the Creekside Trail. But if we turn it into a linear park, a greenway with a, with a trail that everyone can use, we'll have one of the best parks in the state. This will be beautiful. This will be the heart of Carborough. The Bowling Creek Greenway survey found the biggest obstacle to using trails in Carborough was lack of connections to other trails. This will be something that everyone in Carborough can access and it'll connect north of Carborough all the way into town. But Tom Coors with Friends of Bowling Creek says the Creekside option is not the best for the environment. 
Our uh, groups and also local elected officials are denying science and our own law about the importance of protecting streamside forests. Last August, ecologist Michael Paul told WRAL he was concerned about a paved trail so close to the creek. So any pollutants or things that uh, that collect on that surface will enter the stream. That's why Core says his group isn't giving up the fight. And Friends of Olin Creek uh, is retaining counsel on how best to proceed and advise us and the, the next steps going forward in this debate. Shelley Jackson, WRAL News, Carborough. And now WRL did reach out to the uh, Carborough mayor to see what they could tell us before the meeting. Unable to speak, but of course we'll let you know. Gotta love this nighttime shot of the State Ooh, Fair with pretty. all of the beautiful lights shining bright. Uh, it's going to be a chillier night. I hope the folks that are going out there tonight are bringing their jackets, Mike. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to go to the State Fair, do your dog walk, maybe just get your steps in this evening. Definitely you're going to need a jacket. And all that cloud cover that we've had throughout the day still hanging around. Had somewhat of a pretty sunset looking over the Durham Bulls Athletic Park. They're getting Woolies Wonderland all set up. Watch how that progresses in the weeks ahead. Apex, you're looking rather nice. Clinton, you've got the overcast. And over North Hills, there's that overcast as well. But it'll gradually break up. Don't think we'll see the kind of cloud cover tomorrow and Thursday that we've seen over the past couple of days because the influence in the upper atmosphere will depart for the next couple of days. 61 at the airport right now, but 50s are showing up. 58 at Goldsboro, 59 at Rocky Mount, 56 South Hill, 55 at Roxboro. We should wake up into the 40s in the morning, mostly cloudy. Uh, 55 at 9 o'clock, partly cloudy by 11 o'clock, about 53. And by daybreak, we should wake up to all that sunshine once again. We've had some pretty mornings, but then those clouds build in the afternoon because of our upper level low, but that's beginning to depart. And there's our next cold front that arrives on Friday. And I just want to stress that it's not looking like the same kind of rainmaker that we had this past Saturday, where some locations saw well over an inch of rain. It's just not going to pan out that way, the way we see it now. So here's a look at the European model showing the front sliding down to the southeast. We're under the influence of high pressure tomorrow and Thursday, so the weather will be dry. We expect morning sunshine, some afternoon clouds. We'll call it partly cloudy in the afternoons. That front will start to approach the area Friday morning. Friday morning, we should wake up dry. There are signs there could be some rain down east of the coast with some moisture coming in from the Atlantic that I think will miss us. What we'll watch for is the approach of the front. By lunchtime, still looking dry. By afternoon, some rain begins to move in. The heart of the rain looks like it'll be with us during the evening. There's midnight Saturday morning. And the good news is this will be progressive. The rain's not going to hang around. So by the time we wake up on Saturday, the rain's at the coast. We wake up to sunshine and dry weather, and that will be with us the entire weekend. So we're not going to see this final few days, or at least Saturday and Sunday of the State Fair washed out. And really on Friday, the chance for rain is in the evening. During the afternoon, it should be pretty good. We'll have high resolution model data to look at for the uh, day uh, for that day come uh, tomorrow. And rain wise, we're looking at about a quarter of an inch, maybe a half inch in some locations off to the west. This is a new update that just came in showing greater coverage of rain than what I pointed out earlier today. So it's still cool tonight. Lows in the mid to upper 40s, 48 in Raleigh. We had 46 this morning. You'll need that heavier jacket in the morning, but later in the afternoon looking gorgeous at the fair about 72 with partly cloudy skies not mostly cloudy skies 74 Fayetteville 73 in Clinton 69 at Roxborough you got that rain chance on Friday and over the next seven days that's really the only rain chance 50% Friday night Saturday put in a 20% cushion in the morning but I don't think we'll see that rain 67 Saturday 69 Sunday staying in the 60s Monday and Tuesday of next week looking it, like a nice forecast not bad at all let that rain come and go in mm -hmm. time for the weekend thanks Mike there's a local woman battling a terminal illness has just one wish to see the northern lights coming up hear her story and how she hopes to make the trip next
Raleigh woman has some hopes now of marking off one major item from her bucket list after she was diagnosed with ALS. Olivia Whitford Wooten was diagnosed with the terminal illness this year, about six years after her father died from the same disease. Also known as Luke Gehrig's disease, the terminal illness is a progressive one that affects the brain and spinal cord. Now she's trying to make her dream of seeing the northern lights come true. As part of her journey, she wants to bring awareness to the underfunded disease. It's different than cancer. It's different than any other terminal disease. Yes, cancer is horrific, but ALS is just completely different. Your body just essentially wastes away. She says the cost of the disease has also taken a toll on her and her family. You can find out how you can support her dream of seeing the northern lights on WRAL.com. I sure hope she gets to see those Me northern too. lights. Me too. And Asheville Animal Shelter helped pull off a picture-perfect puppy proposal. Hmm. Colton Snyder reached out to the Brother Wolf Animal Rescue for some help to pull off this proposal with his girlfriend Ashley. But he needed a little help making it unforgettable. That's where Brother Wolf Animal Rescue comes in. They brought a puppy named Highland to the proposal spot on Roan Mountain. And as Ashley said yes, Highland made his grand entrance barreling towards the newly engaged couple. She's going to want to keep him. The, the, <laughs> yeah, the new one. Yeah, the exactly. The fiance and the dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, an extra special day for our seniors at the North Carolina State Fair. That's right. It was uh, Admission was free. Anyone 65 and over. And an added bonus, there was a special Bojangles breakfast, which is nice. Tomorrow is Military Appreciation Day at the State Fair. Thursday is Hunger Relief Day. So you can bring six cans of food and the price of admission is waived. What a, what a great service that is. Mm -hmm. Members of the WRL staff would love to meet you while you're out at the fair. Yeah, so stop on by. Tomorrow morning you can meet meteorologist Elizabeth Gardner. And who else is she with? Ah, Jeff, Jeff Hogan. Hogan. Very good. From 10.30 until 11.30. Then you can chat with meteorologist Kat Campbell and Brett Neefs from 2 until 3 p.m. All four of those folks are a whole lot of fun. So go on exactly. over and say hi. Yeah, those are some quality people yeah. right there. Um, we had fun. Have you, have you been out to the fair for your my appearance first, yet? No, my first time is going to be on Thursday, uh, on Friday. I can't wait. I'm, I'm really it's looking exciting. forward to it. It's great to meet the people on the other side of the yeah. television. Well, thank you so much uh, for being with us here on WRL News. Our next newscast is at 10 on Fox 50 and 11 on WRL. Have a great night. Thanks for being with us. Keep watching WRL News over the air channel 34 and Spectrum channel 1257. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.